0: That's O-U-T-S-C-H-O-O-L dot com slash Purple Rocket to save $15 on your child's first class. Outschool.com slash Purple Rocket, code Purple Rocket. And don't forget, parents, supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this podcast. And now, back to our show. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Grandpa's Globe. Previously on Grandpa's Globe, Sawyer and Susie were sent to China where they solved the mystery of the Dragon Dance. After stopping Jackie Chan from blinding China with a powerful firework, they learned of an organization called The Dragon, a group of bad people trying to wreak havoc across the globe. At the end of their mission, the Dragon warned Sawyer and Susie to never again interfere with their operations. And now for Episode 5. Bring out the worst. Sawyer and Susie sat in the highest seats of the ballpark, taking in a bird's eye view of the baseball game. Normally, Sawyer would be completely absorbed in the game, studying the speed of each pitch and groaning every time the home team struck out. But tonight, he was distracted. He kept sniffing and touching under his nose, then checking his finger to see if anything was on it. Susie was getting grossed out. "'What are you doing?' she asked, taking a big bite of her hot dog. Hot dogs were the only reason she came to these games." To her, baseball was slow and boring, but a steaming ballpark dog towering with ketchup, mustard, relish, and onions made it all worth it. Sawyer tilted his head back and sniffed again. <sighs> I'm making sure I don't get a nosebleed. You do realize nosebleed seats don't really give you nosebleeds, right? They just call them that because they're really high up. Sawyer stared straight ahead with a blank expression. Now she tells him. They were seven innings in and he'd been sniffing and tilting his head back every few minutes. He shook his head. (laughs) Duh, I knew that. A fly just flew up my nose. He lied. Oh. Yeah, three of them just swooped on up there. How do you eat those things? He changed the subject as quickly as he could. Susie swallowed her bite. Mmm, I could seriously eat these for every meal. They're so good. Sawyer gagged a little. You're basically eating a big fat human finger on bread. Do you even know what's in those things? No, do you? Nope, see my point? Their dad, who was sitting next to them, held his phone against his chest and leaned over. It's your Grandpa Boone, he said, looking a little confused. He says it's urgent. Sawyer and Susie exchanged a look. Then Susie took the phone and spoke with Grandpa. Judging by her worried expression, Sawyer knew it was about the globe. When she hung up, she explained to their parents that Grandpa needed help at the house for the weekend. And with their parents' permission, they ran down the stadium steps and out to Grandpa's car in the parking lot. Trying desperately not to miss a bite, Susie stuffed her face with her hot dog as they ran. When they reached the house, they headed straight for the library. Sawyer stepped back to run to the restroom before the trip. Grandpa handed Susie the guidebook, but when she grabbed it, he wouldn't let go. I don't care what this thing tells you to do. I want you to be very, very careful, he said. Your safety matters above all else. Understand? Watch out for anyone working for the dragon, They're a bunch of bad men doing bad things to our world. I don't want you two getting hurt. He finally let go of the book. Don't worry, Gramps. I got us covered, said a voice behind them. They turned and saw Sawyer standing in the doorway, wearing a leather coat and a pair of sunglasses. As if he'd been practicing for this moment, he twirled two Nerf guns at his sides and slid them into holsters above his pockets. One of them caught on a belt loop, missing its target. Dang it, he mumbled, trying to untangle it. Grandpa looked at Susie. You're probably going to die. Susie rolled her eyes and pulled Sawyer over to the spinning globe. Holding his hand tight, she reached out and touched it. The room pulled towards the ball, stretching them like taffy and then sucking them into it. When their feet landed and the dizziness subsided, they looked up. In front of them was a massive crowd of people, laughing, singing, and dancing in the streets. Beautiful old buildings and churches surrounded them, and the air was full of music and wonderful smells. What the... Sawyer watched as a man wearing silly overalls tipped his feathered hat at him, and with a big goofy smile said, Hello! Sawyer leaned over to Susie, unable to look away from the man's funny expression. What is this place? Munich, Germany, Susie said, stopping on the chapter in the guidebook. It says that we've arrived right in the middle of Oktoberfest, a folk festival celebrated every fall. What are they wearing? Sawyer asked. Susie scanned over the page and looked at a drawing of the clothes. They're wearing traditional Bavarian attire. Those shorts connected to suspenders that the men are wearing are called lederhosen, and those cute apron dresses on the girls are called derndil. Sawyer scrunched his nose. lederhosers Lederhosen, Susie corrected. She continued reading on the next page. Oh, you're going to like this. It says we get to start off the trip with some food. Following the guidebook's instructions, they stopped by several vendors, trying hot German pretzels, apple strudel, which was Sawyer's favorite. It was a flaky pastry full of apple filling. Then they ate schnitzel, a thin tenderized meat fried and smothered in gravy. Susie chomped into a delicious bratwurst, which was a million times better than the ballpark dog she'd eaten. All of the vendors were friendly and greeted them with a Willkommen, which means welcome in German. Two of the vendors looked strangely familiar. Both were blonde, tall, and thin. One worked at the apple strudel stand, and the other ran the bratwurst cart. The only thing that told them apart was the little jagged scar above the strudel worker's left eye. They looked so much alike that the twins thought they had accidentally circled back to the same cart when they came upon the second man. Barely able to finish another bite, they waddled over to a bench to let their stomach settle. Sawyer fixed his glasses and lounged on the bench, trying to look cool in his leather jacket and making sure passing pedestrians saw the Nerf guns he was packing. Hey, Sus, watch this. See that sign across the street? Please don't. Sawyer whipped out his Nerf gun and shot. The little foam dart missed horribly, curving hard to the right and sticking a poor little kid square in the forehead. Oh! Sawyer hid the gun in his coat and quickly looked away as if he'd seen nothing. Susie tried to hide her face from the angry parents who were pulling the dart from their crying child and looking for the perpetrator. You would, she said, blocking the sight of her face with her hand. Who knows, maybe the kid was working for the dragon, in which case, you're welcome. Susie shook her head and looked over the crowd. Everyone but that kid, of course, was having a ball. But something fell off. There were groups of people staring straight ahead like mindless zombies. And when they walked, they marched, never making eye contact with anyone and never speaking. She nudged Sawyer. What's wrong with them? Sawyer didn't budge. She nudged him again. Sawyer? His glasses stared straight ahead. Sawyer, if you seriously fell asleep, I'm gonna... She pulled off his sunglasses and gasped. Sawyer's eyes stared straight ahead as if in a trance. Susie tried waving in front of his face, but got no response. She tried clapping at him, waving strudel, shouting in his ear, but still got nothing. Panic overcame her. Her only instinct was to look down at the guidebook. As she did, a new set of instructions appeared on the page. The next thing she knew, she was dragging her zombified brother to the train station, where they headed to Berlin the capital of Germany. When they arrived, Susie took them to the destination indicated by the book. She looked up from the page to see a concrete wall. It was nothing like the beautiful Great Wall of China they'd seen on their last trip, not even close. This wall took her breath away for different reasons. Ugly and covered in graffiti, the barrier stretched out before them like a prison fence. Susie read to Sawyer even though she had no idea if he could understand her. The Berlin Wall was built after World War II, and it separated East Germany from West Berlin. The wall divided people during a difficult time, but finally came down in 1989 as a symbol of the end of the Cold War. This is a piece of what is left of the wall. Susie looked up from the book at the wall. She had a newfound respect for the structure, graffiti and all. Then she noticed a painting that made her hair stand up. A Red Dragon the same symbol on the origami note they'd received on their last trip. She turned to Sawyer, who was drooling a little. Sawyer, we've got to go! Now! Suddenly, a speaker in the street screeched, and a weird old song rang out. Right on cue, people flooded into the street with blank expressions and started marching in formation. Sawyer's legs caught the rhythm, and he too began to march. Oh, no you don't! Susie pulled him back, but he just marched in place. She looked out over the people and then up at the speaker. It must be the music, she thought. To test her theory, she covered Sawyer's ears and his legs stopped. She pulled him away from the marching crowd and headed to their next destination. Using the magical globetrotter tickets, they traveled to Old Town Rothenburg, Susie beamed as they walked into the village. She felt as though she'd strolled onto the pages of one of her favorite princess fairy tales. Charming half-timbered houses and buildings with red-gabled roofs lined the cobblestone streets. Flower pots hung from the windows, hand-painted signs dangled from decorative poles outside quaint shops. The town was irresistibly charming. For the first few minutes after they arrived, Susie forgot all about her zombie brother. She danced along the street, singing and splashing her hand in centuries-old fountains, all while Sawyer stared blankly into a stone wall. After her fifth song, she composed herself and found Sawyer. "'Looks like we're buying you some later, lederhosen,' she said, pointing to the instructions in the guidebook." They headed into a cute little store in the plaza and picked out a pair that looked like it would fit Sawyer. They were green and lined with little colorful flowers. Susie knew that if Sawyer hadn't been zonked out, he would have fought wearing such a thing. But he couldn't, so she brought them to the counter. Guten dog, said the cheerful man behind the register. The man was large and wore a lederhosen that looked uncomfortably tight. His smile was big and wide between his rosy cheeks. Just fun pair, yeah? This is it, Susie confirmed. The man rang them up. This is a very nice pair. Don't be alarmed if it gives you a wedgie at first. You'll get Zeus to it. The man gasped and clasped his hands over his rosy cheeks. <gasps> Nein! You have nerf guns! He nodded at the guns at Sawyer's sides. Sawyer just stared straight ahead. The man pounded his counter three times and the shelves turned, revealing an impressive display of custom, limited-edition Nerf guns. Double bazookas, fully automatic chain guns, itty-bitty guns that shot Nerf darts the size of Tic Tacs, all gleamed in the glass case. What do you think of my collection? Very nice, yeah? Susie tried to act impressed. If Sawyer had been awake, he'd lose his mind. Pretty cool, she said. Thanks for your help. Hans! Hans Schmidt! Thank you, Hans. Have a nice day. Thank you! Come again! They headed out into the street where Susie struggled to pull the lederhosen over Sawyer's clothes. As she'd predicted, they were way too tight, like she'd forced doll clothes on him. And still he didn't protest. All he could do was stare. Just then a speaker in the street screeched and that weird song from the Berlin Wall began playing. One by one people stepped out into the streets and started marching in formation. Lined up in perfect rows they marched towards a fleet of buses waiting for them at the other end of the plaza. Where are they going? Susie said. Sawyer, maybe we should... She looked up and Sawyer was gone. She looked over the crowd but didn't see him. She ran back into Hans's store, but he wasn't there. He wasn't in the alleyway staring at the wall, either. Susie tried to keep herself from panicking. Don't worry, she told herself. He's probably just sitting on a bench drooling. Then she remembered what had happened at the Berlin Wall. He was marching. She ran out next to the marching people with blank expressions, trying to find her brother. Finally, up at the front of the line, boarding the bus, she spotted a leather jacket. She ran after the bus, but just as she reached it, the doors closed and it drove off. Now she was really starting to panic. A car honked behind her, making her jump. A taxi! She waved at it and then climbed in. Follow that bus, she told the driver. Susie was quickly introduced to the Autobahn, a highway with no speed limit. They flew down it with tremendous speed, blurring past BMWs and Mercedes, trailing close behind the fleet of buses. Susie made sure her seatbelt was tight before cracking open the guidebook. The next set of instructions faded onto the page. Head to the Neuschweinstein Castle. Normally, she'd be overjoyed to read of such a destination, but all she could think about now was saving her twin brother. The castle would have to wait. Soon after, the buses finally came to a stop in front of an enormous building. Susie's jaw dropped when she read the sign outside her window. Neuschweinstein Castle, it read. She stepped out of the cab and stared up at it as if a dinosaur had stopped traffic in front of them the castle was more beautiful than anything she'd ever seen. Its stone walls stretched up from rocky cliffs as if it were carved out of the mountain. Several stone towers surrounded the main building, somehow more impressive than the majestic mountain range in the background. Susie imagined herself running up spiral staircases to the tops of the turrets, singing her heart out to cartoon birds and then dancing with a prince in the ballroom. After all... The guidebook did say that the castle was the inspiration for Disney's Sleeping Beauty castle. Susie snapped out of her days soon enough to see Sawyer marching mindlessly off the bus and towards the castle. (laughs) Loudspeakers blared the weird song from the towers. Flags with a red dragon draped down the stone walls. Susie pushed through the robotic crowd until she reached Sawyer. Sawyer, we have to go, she said, but Sawyer didn't hear her. He just kept marching. Susie clapped her hands over his ears, blocking out the music and bringing his marching legs to a halt. Pulling him close to shield him from the music, she used her other hand to open the guidebook. Bring out the worst, she read aloud. What is that supposed to mean? Worst? It can't be talking about... Over the marching crowd, she saw a little stand with a sign above it that said, Bratwurst. Across from it was another cart with a sign that read, Strudel. Working both carts were the two thin blond men who looked very similar, the ones from Oktoberfest. The man with the scar above his eye at the strudel stand looked as happy as ever, while the man in the Bratwurst cart looked angry and was trying desperately to hand out free brats to the marching people. Covering Sawyer's ears, Susie pushed her way through to the bratwurst stand. "'What's going on?' she asked the man. He looked surprised to face someone who could speak to him. "'My brother Heinrich has hypnotized all these people,' the man said. "'Anyone who eats his strudel and hears his music falls under his control. My bratwurst is the only way to say them.'" Susie remembered their meal at the Oktoberfest. They had both eaten the strudel, but she was the only one who had eaten the brat. Sawyer had refused and had therefore fallen under the strudel's spell. Well, we have to get them to eat your brats then. I've tried, but they won't listen. My brother works for very bad people. We can't stop them. Across the way, the man's brother Heinrich smiled broadly as he watched the marchers stop in formation in front of the castle. With a few turns of a knob, the song grew louder and the entranced people began to sing. Susie looked at the Nerf guns at Sawyer's side and then got an idea. Do you have any mini bratwurst? she asked. Well, yes, of course. Susie grinned. Give me all you've got. Moments later, she was standing in front of the singing crowd, each hand holding a Nerf gun loaded with a mini brat. Her pockets bulged with the little sausage ammo. It's dinner time, she said with a smile. She ran along the ranks, shooting mini brats into the singing mouths. Every bullseye brought the chewing victim out of their trance. Tiny brats shot into gaping mouths left and right. With every shot, she flipped the Nerf pistol down, reloading it with another brat from her pocket. Dozens of marchers were awoken from their hypnotic singing. But just as she was starting to wake them in waves, Heinrich caught on to what she was doing. No! he shouted. The dragon will have this army! He reached for a button to turn off their singing and close their mouths to the sausage. Thump! A huge bratwurst pelted him in the forehead before he could reach it and sent him flying back. Susie looked up at the castle wall above her. There stood Hans, the later Hosen salesman. He held two Nerf Gatling guns loaded with bratwurst. "Hallo!" He shouted down to her in a cheery tone. He held his heavy Nerf guns at his waist on either side and aimed them down at the crowd. Guten Appetit! He cheered, unleashing a spray of mini-brats. Bratwurst smacked into the open mouths of the crowd, raining down on them like hail until the only one left singing was Sawyer. Susie did the honors. Casually, she walked up and point-blank shot a sausage into his mouth, knocking him off his feet. When he stood, he was himself again, chewing like a cow. Mmm. You're right, Sus. This stuff is good," he said with a mouthful. "Oh, look, a castle." Susie hugged him. "Oh, you big doofus! I'm so glad you're okay." She looked up at Hans on the wall. His Gatling nerf guns were smoking. Donkey Hans. Hans nodded down to her and tipped his feathered hat. "Did you just call that guy a donkey?" Sawyer asked. Susie laughed. "I said thank you." I learned it in the guidebook. The Bratwurst vendor gathered the confused crowd and loaded them back onto the buses. His brother Heinrich was nowhere to be found. In a hurry to escape, he'd abandoned his strudel stand, but took the remaining strudel with him. Gong! Gong! went the castle clock. Sawyer and Susie looked up to see the clock change to four. Just their luck. They hadn't even been paying attention— One last gong and the ground beneath them shook and shook until it split open and they fell down into darkness. After a long fall, they landed with a plop into the leather chairs in Grandpa's study. They sat for a moment in silence, trying to catch their breath. Are you going to tell me what happened or what? Sawyer asked. Before Susie could answer, a voice sounded down the hall. Is that you? Are you two back? It was Grandpa. He rushed into the study. That was quick. I want to hear all about it. He took a seat across from the twins and set a plate down on the table in front of them. Help yourselves, he said, motioning to the plate. Susie's eyes widened. Strudel, Sawyer shouted. I love this stuff. To Susie's horror, he grabbed a slice of the flaky pastry and threw it into his mouth. Okay, Rocketeers, I hope you guys got a little taste of Germany. Funny story. Back when I lived in Spain, all the kids that I'd run into thought I was from Germany. I don't know why. I don't know if it's because I had lighter hair and lighter eyes. But anytime they stopped me in the street, they'd be like, oh, you're from Germany? And I'd be like, uh, no, I'm from the USA. Every time. No joke. It happened every other week until one day I was walking down the street and a group of teenagers came up to me and they said oh you guys are from Germany and so I finally just gave in and said yep I am I'm from Germany and one of them said oh oh, say something to us in German so I was like and they all stared at me wide-eyed and they were like whoa that is awesome oh Wait, hold on, our friend just moved here from Germany, stay here, we'll get him. I was like, oh boy, and I just stood there, and they went and got their friend from Germany and brought him over and put him in the middle of the circle with me, and they said, oh, oh here, here, Frederick, this guy speaks German, speak German together, go on, go on. And I just looked at him, and without skipping a beat, I was like, lachen <laughs> schluchten, lachen die schluchten totally fake german made it up basically sounded like i was choking on my tongue and this poor german kid looks me straight in the eye and was speechless after a little bit of hesitation he finally just looked at his friends he's like i'm sorry i haven't practiced in a while i'm sorry guys and i just shrugged i was like clearly that really happened So if you ever want to trick somebody into thinking you speak German, just sound like you're choking on your tongue a little bit. And apparently that's really convincing. I made this poor German kid question his own heritage. Come to think of it, I'm not even sure if I uh, corrected him and let him know I was faking it. So to this day, he might still be struggling with that. Probably hasn't even made a trip to his homeland because of me. Too afraid to go back and not know his own language. So yeah, random little side note. Thank you all for listening to the Purple Rocket Podcast, and be sure to tune in next Monday for an all-new episode. This is your host, Greg Webb.